Section 24 of The Prince and Betty by P. G. Woodhouse. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter 24 The Campaign Quickens. Mr. Jarvis was as good as his word. Early in the afternoon he made his appearance at the office of Peaceful Moments, his forelock more than usually well oiled in honor of the occasion, and his right coat-pocket bulging in a manner that betrayed to the initiated eye the presence of his trusty canister. With him, in addition, he brought a long, thin young man who wore under his brown tweed coat a blue and red striped sweater whether he brought him as an ally in case of need or merely as a kindred soul with whom he might commune during his vigil did not appear pugsy startled out of his wonted calm by the arrival of this distinguished company gazed after the pair as they passed into the inner office with protruding eyes john greeted the allies warmly and explained smith's absence mr jarvis listened to the story with interest and introduced his colleague thought i'd let him chase along long autos his moniker sure said john the more the merrier take a seat you'll find cigars over there you won't mind my not talking for the moment there's a wad of work to clear up this was an overstatement he was comparatively free of work press day having only just gone by but he was keenly anxious to avoid conversation on the subject of cats of his ignorance of which mr jarvis appearance had suddenly reminded him he took up an old proof-sheet and began to glance through it frowning thoughtfully mr jarvis regarded the paraphernalia of literature on the table with interest so did long otto who however being a man of silent habit made no comment throughout the seance and the events which followed it he confined himself to an occasional grunt he seemed to lack other modes of expression is this where yous writes up pieces for de piper inquired mr jarvis this is the spot said john on busy mornings you could hear our brains buzzing in madison square garden oh one moment he rose and went into the outer office pugsy he said do you know broster street sure could you find out for me exactly when the man comes round collecting the rents surest thing you know i knows a kid what knows another kid what lives there then go and do it now and after you've found out you can take the rest of the day off me for dat said master maloney with enthusiasm i'll take me goyle to the bronx zoo your girl i didn't know you'd got a girl pugsy i always imagined you as one of those strong stern blood-and-iron men who despised girls who is she oh she's a kid said pugsy her pa runs a delicatessen shop down our street she ain't a bad mutt added the ardent swain i'm her steady well mind you send me a card for the wedding and if two dollars would be a help sure ting thanks boss you're all right it had occurred to john that the less time pugsy spent in the outer office during the next few days the better the lull in the warfare could not last much longer and at any moment a visit from spider riley and his adherents might be expected their probable first move in such an event would be to knock master maloney on the head to prevent his giving warning of their approach events proved that he had not been mistaken he had not been back in the inner office for more than a quarter of an hour when there came from without the sound of stealthy movements 
the handle of the door began to revolve slowly and quietly the next moment three figures tumbled into the room it was evident that they had not expected to find the door unlocked and the absence of resistance when they applied their weight had surprising effects two of the three did not pause in their career till they cannoned against the table the third checked himself by holding the handle john got up coolly come right in he said what can we do for you it had been too dark on the other occasion of his meeting with the three pointers to take note of their faces though he fancied that he had seen the man holding the door handle before the others were strangers they were all exceedingly unprepossessing in appearance there was a pause the three marauders had become aware of the presence of mr jarvis and his colleague and the meeting was causing them embarrassment which may have been due in part to the fact that both had produced and were toying meditatively with ugly-looking pistols mr jarvis spoke well he said what's doin the man to whom the question was directly addressed appeared to have some difficulty in finding a reply he shuffled his feet and looked at the floor his two companions seemed equally at a loss going to start anything inquired mr jarvis casually the humor of the situation suddenly tickled john the embarrassment of the uninvited guests was ludicrous you've just dropped in for a quiet chat is that it he said well we're all delighted to see you the cigars are on the table draw up your chairs mr jarvis opposed the motion he drew slow circles in the air with his revolver say yous had best beat it see long otto grunted sympathy with the advice and yous had best go back to spider riley continued mr jarvis and tell him there ain't nothing doing in the way of roughhouse with dis gent here and you can tell de spider went on bat with growing ferocity dat next time he gets fresh and starts into shootin up my dance joint i'll bite de head offen him see dat goes if he thinks that his little two-by-four crowd can get way wid de groom street he's got another guess coming and don't forget dis gent here and me as friends and anyone that starts anything with dis gent is going to find trouble does dat go beat it he jerked his shoulder in the direction of the door the delegation then withdrew thanks said john i'm much obliged to you both you're certainly there with the goods as fighting editors i don't know what i should have done without you ah gee said mr jarvis handsomely dismissing the matter long otto kicked the leg of a table and grunted pugsy maloney's report on the following morning was entirely satisfactory rents were collected in broster street on thursdays nothing could have been more convenient for that very day happened to be thursday i rubbered around said pugsy and done de slute act and it's this way there's a feller blows in every thursday about six o'clock and then it's up to de folks to dig down in der jeans for de stuff or out de goes before supper i got dat from my kid friend what knows a kid what lives there and say he has it pretty fierce dat kid de kid what lives there he's a wop kid an italian and he's in bad cause his pa comes over from italy to wake on de subway i don't see why that puts him in bad said john wonderingly you don't construct your stories well pugsy you start at the end then go back to any part which happens to appeal to you at the moment and eventually wind up at the beginning why is this kid in bad because his father has come to work on the subway why sure because his pa got fired and swatted de foreman one on de coco and they gives him thirty days so de kid's all alone and no one to pay de rent 
i see said john well come along with me and introduce me and i'll look after that at half-past five john closed the office for the day and armed with a big stick and conducted by master maloney made his way to broster street to reach it it was necessary to pass through a section of the enemy's country but the perilous passage was safely negotiated the expedition reached its unsavory goal intact the wop kid inhabited a small room at the very top of a building halfway down the street he was out when john and pugsy arrived it was not an abode of luxury the tenement they had to feel their way up the stairs in almost pitch darkness most of the doors were shut but one on the second floor was ajar through the opening john had a glimpse of a number of women sitting on upturned boxes the floor was covered with little heaps of linen all the women were sewing stumbling in the darkness john almost fell against the door none of the women looked up at the noise in broster street time was evidently money on the top floor pugsy halted before the open door of an empty room the architect in this case had apparently given rein to a passion for originality for he had constructed the apartment without a window of any sort whatsoever the entire stock of air used by the occupants came through a small opening over the door it was a warm day and john recoiled hastily is this the kid's room he said i guess the corridor is good enough for me to wait in what the owner of this place wants he went on reflectively is scalping well we'll do it in the paper if we can't in any other way is this your kid a small boy had appeared he seemed surprised to see visitors pugsy undertook to do the honors pugsy as interpreter was energetic but not wholly successful he appeared to have a fixed idea that the italian language was one easily mastered by the simple method of saying da instead of the and adding a final uh to any word that seemed to him to need one say kid he began has de rent-a-man come yet the black eyes of the wop kid clouded he gesticulated and said something in his native language he hasn't got next reported master maloney he can't get on to me curves these wop kids is all boneheads say kid look a here he walked to the door rapped on it smartly and assuming a look of extreme ferocity stretched out his hand and thundered unbelt a slip a me de stuff the wop kid's puzzlement in the face of this address became pathetic this said john deeply interested is getting exciting don't give in pugsy i guess the trouble is that your too perfect italian accent is making the kid homesick master maloney made a gesture of disgust i'm true these dagoes makes me tired they don't know enough to go upstairs to take the elevated beat it you mutt he observed with moody displeasure accompanying the words with a gesture which conveyed its own meaning the wop kid plainly glad to get away slipped down the stairs like a shadow pugsy shrugged his shoulders boss he said resignedly it's up to youse john reflected it's all right he said of course if the collector had been here the kid wouldn't be all i've got to do is wait he peered over the banisters into the darkness below not that it's not enough he said for of all the poisonous places i ever met this is the worst i wish whoever built it had thought to put in a few windows his idea of ventilation was apparently to leave a hole about the size of a lima bean and let the thing go at that i guess there's a door on the roof somewhere suggested bugsy at the joint where i lives there is his surmise proved correct at the end of the passage a ladder nailed against the wall ended in a large square opening through which was visible if not that narrow strip of blue which prisoners call the sky 
at any rate a tall brick chimney and a clothesline covered with garments that waved lazily in the breeze john stood beneath it looking up well he said this isn't much but it's better than nothing i suppose the architect of this place was one of those fellows who don't begin to appreciate air till it's thick enough to scoop chunks out with a spoon it's an acquired taste i guess like limburger cheese and now pugsy old scout you had better beat it there may be a rough house here any minute now pugsy looked up indignant beat it well your shoe leather's good said john firmly this is no place for a minister's son take it from me i want to stop and pipe to fun objected master maloney what fun i guess you ain't here to play ball surmised pugsy shrewdly eyeing the big stick never mind why i'm here said john beat it i'll tell you all about it to-morrow master maloney prepared reluctantly to depart as he did so there was a sound of well-shod feet on the stairs and a man in a snuff-colored suit wearing a brown homburg hat and carrying a small notebook in one hand walked briskly up the stairs his whole appearance proclaimed him to be the long-expected collector of rents. End of chapter 24 Read by Don W. Jenkins Rancho San Diego, California Shaggybark.blogspot.com